going on? Hey, it's me, Paul. This, this is Tipsy, Tipsy, I can't say it. Tipsy Theology. I should really rename the show if I can't even pronounce the title. <laughs> We're off to a great start. Welcome here. <laughs> Glad you guys are here. Glad you're listening. How are we feeling about that music? You know, I um, just picked it randomly. I was on Facebook, or not Facebook, oh my gosh. <laughs> I was on uh, just like YouTube. They've got a bunch of like free domain music, just like public domain. I think I know the answers to these, uh, what they're called. And uh, I just uh, picked random one. I was like, this one's cool. <laughs> As they're like, ba, 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 da, da. That's when I can talk. <laughs> so that's what we're going to do for now. It's probably going to change in the future. But for now, that's what we got. Well, <laughs> like I promised, here I am. I'm back again twice this month, once to make up for December. Apologies. <laughs> but here I am. I'm getting really excited. I'm I'm really loving getting back into this. Getting on a, a schedule of just like researching some stuff, getting prepared for these, and um, recording them. I love recording these. These are so much fun. And I'm excited to really uh, continue forward with all of this. Um, the one thing I have found out I need to get better at again are writing notes. I used to be really good where I could just write like a bullet point and then I'd be like, cool, I know what to do with that and <laughs> keep going. But now I'm in the, I'm right now when I leave my notes, it's kind of like small paragraphs and <laughs> or like one or two sentences, which are terrible notes and like for presenting here. Because it, it, it's like a full sentence with a full idea. And I'm like trying to read it to remember where I'm at, what I'm trying to say. But then I'm like, I'm going to say this differently because why am I writing it this way? Or, yeah, I'm thinking about something different and it's like two bullet points in one. So it's a little strange. I'm working out the kinks. That's my that's a me problem, though. Um, but anyway, let's jump into this. So I want to do, before we hop into this whole new episode... For those of you um, who didn't hear last episode, and for those of you who did, I want to do a quick summary of the main point uh, for those that missed it, you know, or just need some clarity for it. I, I yeah, this is a big thing, so I want to make sure we're like have an idea where we're where we're at, where we're headed with this. And I'm probably gonna circle back on a lot of these, and they're gonna come up again, because how can they not? But anyway. I talked about the quote-unquote God problem. Now, the issue has nothing to do with God himself. The problem has to do with what do we do with the fact that he exists. So the concept alone, whether you believe he exists or not, which as I said on the last episode, I'm pretty sure if you listen to this, you probably, you probably believe in God. <laughs> but, so the, but anyway, the concept alone requires us to consider him. Now, if we disregard him as just made up, whatever, what we're doing is we're making ourselves God. Um, we're putting ourselves in that place since we are saying we have the authority to determine to determine this. Now, if we despise him, we recognize that he is God, but we don't really know him. Uh, there, we, have a, we have a different perspective of him, which leads us to that. Now, if we love him and we follow him, then we know in some part who he is and have an idea of what he has done. Um, now, this is complex, and so what is so what is so complex about this? That's a terrible, terrible Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I, that's all I got right now. I used to be decent, but now it's just bad. 
and that's what you're. That's what I'm sticking with. I'm not gonna practice. <laughs> this is my practice. There's no dress rehearsal. It's just doing it live. Now, anyway, what is so complex <laughs> is that if he is truly so much greater, if God is so much greater, then how can we possibly begin to understand him? Because we're looking at something that is so beyond us. How can we how can we think that we have the right to even try to figure it out? Now, I touched on this toward the end of the last episode, and this is a great segue, but I want to I want to try to flesh this idea out a little bit more, and that is the that is the idea that God is incomprehensible. It's a tough journey. It's a tough journey. <laughs> that we're starting. It's bad news for us if we start <laughs> this idea of knowing God with the fact that we can't. <laughs> but anyway, to help, what are we drinking today? <laughs> That's my subtle little, uh, <laughs> little like, I'm not condoning, but I am. But here I go. <laughs> I'm going to leave that part alone. We might have a whole we have a whole episode about that if you want to look at our idea about drinking. And honestly, it's called tipsy theology. We're going to be drinking something even if it's water. <laughs> if we're drinking if we're not drinking alcohol, then that means the theology is tipsy. And if we're drinking alcohol, that means they're both tipsy. <laughs> jokes. I make jokes here. I got jokes. Anyway, um, I you know it was funny. I'm trying. I was trying to pair the idea. I'm trying. What's well, one thing I'm trying to think about is like, I want to. I want to try to get drinks that work well with the idea and like what we're talking about. But when it was like incomprehensible, I have no idea. <laughs> I thought about it, but I'm also like trying to. I thought about getting mead, and I'll say why. Because the the name of the episode is you know nothing. John Snow is like they're probably drinking mead. Actually, I think they drink. I don't remember the show that well. But anyway, I remember the line. But anyway, we're drinking brandy, which is close enough. It's a mix between the two. Not really. Um, and in particular, we're drinking St. Remy VSOP. It's a VSOP. Now, I think I talked about brandy a little bit in, in a previous episode, but I've just gotten into it. I really like brandy a lot. I didn't used to, and I never thought I would. But then I had it one uh, a particular one, and I was like, oh, man, my life has changed. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk a little bit about just brandy as a whole before we talk about this specific one because it's such a – it's such a, I think it's kind of a unique one to me. And maybe it's just because whiskey and stuff like – and, like, tequilas and stuff are a little bit more known, and brandy's like this guy off in a corner. But, you know, when I think about it, it's just such like a, like a, like a reserved – like stoic drink to me. She's like, what are you drinking? I'm drinking brandy. It's like, oh, man, this guy's been on some adventures. <laughs> so, uh, brandy. Brandy. I'm kind of reading this off a little bit, too. Um, so brandy is a distilled spirit produced from fermented fruit. You're like, isn't that wine? It's like, yes, but wine isn't distilled. It's just, I think wine is just fermented, right? I should know this. <laughs> anyway, it's distilled. Um, it's basically like old wine. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we made some wine, alcoholic juice. Now let's make it more. <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> now grapes um, are commonly used for brandies. Um, so it's essentially making brandy distilled wine. Is like that's that's what it is. 
Um, though, so brandies can be derived from like apples, apricots, peaches, and like other fruits. I think grapes are probably the most common from my experience. Um, and it's a small experience, but I've had it. Um, that's the one that I'm most familiar with. This one might be a little bit different. The St. Remy, I think it's something else. Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's what we're drinking. Um, so brandy can be made anywhere in the world. And there are, um, there are region styles like cognac, uh, armagnac, I think that's how you say it, grappa, and pisco. I think that's how you pronounce all three of those. I know cognac. Uh, so often enjoyed straight brandy is the foundation of several classic cocktails. I had a sidecar that was the one I had before. And I really love it. I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, and drinkers in Brazil, Germany, India, Russia, and the Philippines drink the most brandy today. Good for them. Good for them. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's what's kind of cool about brandy, though, the fact that it's not. Um, like it can be made anywhere. Not like you can't make certain drinks anywhere, but there are like regulations and rules for certain things. I think about that when it comes to like sparkling wine. When we say like, oh, like champagne. When I think everyone knows this little fact, but it's like champagne can only be made in like one, I think it's in Champagne, France. Like that's it. And if it's made outside of there, it's like you can still make it, but I think it's different grapes. And also um, because it's not made there, you have to just call it sparkling wine. It can't be called champagne. Um, I think that's similar with uh, bourbon, where it's like there's whiskey and then there's bourbon. I think there are some differences in there. I'd have to look into it again to remember. But I think bourbon is like specific to certain states in the U.S., where it's like these states are the only ones allowed to make bourbon or call it bourbon. There's probably more things in there, but that's what I got. Um, the one thing that's interesting with um, brandy is some of the ratings that they have on them. So typically, when I when you when you look at a bottle, it's like, oh, here's this uh, four years. You know, it's like, um, yeah, for different like different whiskeys, it'll tell you the years that this was made. So this brandy doesn't do that. What it does instead is it has a rating system, uh, like a designation. So it's VS VSOP. And XO. There might be, I think there's a fourth one, but those are the only three I can remember. Um, and that tells you approximately, or the, like the the least amount of time that it was aged for. Um, so VS stands for very special. I, I will say, heads up, I love whoever named these. I don't know who came up with these labels, but it's pretty funny. So VS, which is the, the youngest, I think that's only aged, it's aged at least two years. That's a VS. It stands for very special. You have VSOP, which is what we're drinking here. That stands for very superior old pale. <laughs> that one always gets me. It's good. And that one is aged for at least four years. So when we see something that's VSOP, it's like it's at least four years. It's aged at least four years. Could be more. It could be 12 years. But it probably four. Cause yeah, probably four. <laughs> And then the the third one, which is XO, um, which if you've ever gotten that on a Valentine's card, you're probably thinking, oh, hugs and kisses. No, it stands for extra old. <laughs> so when, next time you get a Valentine's Day card and it says XOXO on it, they're saying you are super duper old. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> XOXO, extra old, extra old. Doesn't... Um, 
it doesn't have the quite the same like romantic vibes to it now does it <laughs> so like last time we're drinking uh i want to do this whole like nose and taste idea because i had a lot of fun doing that even if i was like wrong every time <laughs> but this one i don't know if i can i didn't find it where it says like specifically like the other one had it um but I kind of want to know just at least taste-wise because I know that's an easy one to get. So I'm going to give it a little sniff here. So this one is like a little sweeter. I will say it has like um, – it smells like apple to me. I don't – I guess I do get like a white grape kind of smell. You know, it's like that – it's like sweet but a little tart as well. Grapes are weird. I feel like red grapes are probably sweeter. But it's like that white grape where it's like it's still sweet but it's a little bit more like tart. Or a little like a little sour at the end, that's kind of what I get. Um, but it, it smells very sweet. There's something else in there too, but it, it might just be the grape and the alcohol that I'm smelling. That's all I get. Now I'm gonna give it a little taste here, a little taste. Okay, so you guys like that little ASMR for you? Um, yeah, I definitely get like a grape taste. That's what I'm tasting. Um, is it vanilla? A little more ASMR for you. Uh, yeah, I get like a vanilla, but mostly I taste like the the grapey flavor. That's really that's the main flavor I can draw out of there. I love it. Tastes good to me. But anyway, what do they have? So France, it's a product of France, by the way. Saint Remy Visop embodies the iconic and historical, worldly, worldly renowned taste of St. Remy. Nice. <laughs> they say it like we all know, like, oh, yeah, of course, St. Remy. Nice. Is that, like, is that a, ci is that a city there? Oh, I'm looking this up. Because, like, are they telling us that it tastes like a city? St. Remy, France. <laughs> That'd be so funny if they're like, yeah, this tastes like brick buildings. <laughs> so St. Remy is a place. So, um... When they say that this brandy embodies the iconic and historical worldly renowned taste of St. Remy, I think they're telling us it tastes like an old stone building. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not bad. I can't believe they, they encapsulate that so well. <laughs> it's taste of small, freshly picked red berries. Well, I was wrong about that. Also brings out the sweet vanilla flavor of oak. Now, I did taste the vanilla, but I didn't taste a tree. <laughs> and I didn't know oak had a sweet vanilla flavor. <laughs> Learn new things every day. <laughs> it's light and subtle. Nose. Oh, it does tell me about the nose. Is excellent. Oh, all it says is the nose is light and subtle. <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, it is light and subtle. <laughs> this smells light and subtle. So what do you smell? I smell light and subtle. <laughs> It's excellent neat on ice or with a mixer. So they're saying this is good all around. I will say I've tried it um, all three ways, and it is good. I've used this in sidecars before. I really like it. It's not my go-to brandy, um, but it is a good one. I think it's like $15. It's like go buy a bottle, give it a try if you're interested. It's a great little like, starter, see if you like it. Uh, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And I am drinking he drinking it here on ice, 
and actually my um whiskey glass was dirty, so it's in the it's in the wash. So I have a tiny mason jar right now. <laughs> so it looks like I'm drinking bad moonshine. Not that I've ever had that. <laughs> anyway, all right. That's enough talking about all that. We've been going on for far too long. You are all like, okay, we get it. Brandy. Now, incomprehensibility of God. Thank you for reminding me. We're back. Welcome back. <laughs> all right. So when we say something is not comprehensible, or more properly, incomprehensible, <laughs> inco- I always think of, um, what is that, Princess Bride? The inconceivable. <laughs> That idea, that same thing, where it's just like, yeah, it, it means that it cannot be understood. It is not intelligible. <laughs> it's just like, that's, oh, uh, it sounds like a harsh thing to call God. <laughs> Saying like, yeah, you can't understand that guy. <laughs> but I, when it, when we look into it, it's like, even the idea of like, it's in, um, it is intelligible. It's, we can't get it. We can't understand it. Um, I think it's important to know that the full grasp of it, where it's like even when someone's telling you something, it's like, okay, I get pieces of what you're saying in a conversation, but it's like I haven't grasped the full concept, and that's true of God, and I think that's what's kind of cool Um, in the whole idea of you're never going to get all of it. You're never going to get the full story because it's just too much bigger than our brains can handle. Our brains would explode. Um, I'm probably jumping way out of my notes here by just jumping right into all this. But one thing I, one thing I, I, who was it? I was watching, it was actually a TED Talk, or a guy from a TED Talk, was talking about the idea of knowledge and understanding. And one of the things he talked about was we take for granted the things that we see and experience. One of the big things that I, you hear a lot of people talk about, which is like the internet. And how game-changing that is. And for people now, like Gen Z, and even to an extent millennials, it's like we were kind of born with this just excess of information. And um, we've gotten used to that. We know how to, our brains kind of learned, in part, how to like navigate it and how to work with it. Um, but then you take someone who is a little bit older, like a like a, one of the boomers or something like that, and it's... It takes time for them to learn this because it's like this is a, a brand new huge concept. It's like where do I even begin with all of this information? Um, but when then you when we really take that, and this is kind of what this guy was talking about, when we take it and expand it to such a farther end, I think his example was like George Washington. <laughs> if you took George Washington, teleported him to this time, um, his brain would might explode. <laughs> it's kind of the idea where he's like when you look at the idea of like airplanes. We don't consider that. It's just like an airplane is normal. Like, whatever. It's an airplane. It's cool, but it's an airplane. And it's like this is something this guy has never, probably never even imagined before. Um, at least it's like seeing it and seeing how many there are. All the different things that, you know, just the cars that we drive. It's like this is insane. Like how can one man um, take in all of this information without his brain exploding or just like going into like having a seizure Cause it's like it's just too much information. Your brain would just shut down, and I think that's that's where we look at it with God, where it's like it's so He's so great and it's so big and there's so much information and so much to take in that if we really took in all of it, our brains would just melt out of our skulls. 
Sorry to get graphic there. That's a little graphic. <laughs> um, so I think that's cool. And again, it's bad news for us because here we are trying to figure out how to know God, <laughs> trying to understand him a little bit, and we start with the idea that we really can't. It's just like, done deal. Roll the credits. <laughs> and then when I consider this, um, I have to believe that, yes, we can never know the full scope of God. However, we can know in part what he is like. And I think that's what's very important for who we are because God reveals just a piece of him. And that's that's enough for us to write books and books <laughs> and have all these different episodes, have all these different shows, all these different intelligent people dedicating their lives to studying this thing. And this is just a piece of who God is. This is just a little tiny piece. I think that's amazing. I think that's incredible. <laughs> Where you have just like the amount of information just on one book of the Bible. Like take Matthew, for example. It's like the amount of information that people have written and studied and looked at and examined, just that one book is enough to fill someone's entire library <laughs> and yet it's still not the fullness of who God is because we can never know the fullness um I think that's really cool it frustrates me because I'd like to know everything I I like just being on top of it all but we can't there is that limit to us as humans and I th yeah because we're not God that's really what it comes down to <laughs> um and so, um, talk about this idea of like knowing what he is like. So when we draw those connections between something that is like, we cannot fool ourselves into thinking that that is what something is. We're comparing something. We're not saying that this is this. We're saying this is like this. So if you've ever had, um, if you've ever recommended something to someone, um, you know you've you've prob you probably know that the best way to explain it is using what they have already experienced or what they're already familiar with, what they know. Um, like, for example, if you're telling someone about a restaurant, um, it's not super helpful all the time to tell them what just, like, about the restaurant. Like, this is the food they serve. This is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, this is the waitstaff super nice. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's sometimes more helpful to tell someone that it's like another restaurant, another restaurant that they're familiar with. So when I look at this, I think of, um, to make it more specific, is like Moe's and Chipotle. So when I say Moe's is like Chipotle, I'm not saying that Moe's is Chipotle because if you ever tried it, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure most of you have, if you have those, um, you know, it's they're not the same. They're different. They have differences. There are similarities, but they're different. Um and so, but we look at the similarities between them. It's like there's enough to be like, hey, if you like this experience, you like this kind of food, you can go here and get a similar experience. But we're not, I'm not saying that they are the exact same. Um, and if you think about it, like telling some, like someone like about a band, um, the average person about a band, it's very unproductive to describe, um, describe the band based on the instrumentation the chord progressions, the rhythm, and the mood when you have no basis for any of that. Uh, it's much easier and more productive to say they sound like this other band that you know. I'm beating you over the head with examples because uh, that's the best way I can think of to, to describe this, and it makes sense for me, so I'm hopefully it makes sense for you and helps. <laughs> so yeah, when we're comparing something, 
We cannot combine the two things. We are simply creating an association from what is already understood. So, similarly, when we say that God is, God is like, God is blank, that is our best finite interpretation of something that is infinite. When we say that God is, even this idea, that God is incomprehensible, that doesn't fully encapsulate the full nature of who of us not being able to understand who God is. <laughs> it still fails because that's the best that we can do to say we can't figure it all out. It's beyond us, but we we're going to try to do what we can with this. <laughs> so, it's rough. It's a rough start, but that's where we're at. And I think overall it's important for us to recognize that position before we get into any of these. And I will say it's funny because um, it's like this is before we hopped into like all the other um, uh, attributes of God that I mentioned. We're just kind of just talking about the idea of God still. <laughs> and it's like before we jump into who he is, we're still talking about how it's like we can't really know. Um, but we're going to do what we can with this this thing. Um, so when I think about it, I like to look at the idea that God is foreign. So I'm, again, I'm going to beat you over the head with examples because that's the best way I can do to think about this. And, uh, yeah. So when we look toward the incomprehensibility of God, I like to consider it like a foreign language. That's what I mean, but when I say something is foreign, I mean, like, something is, like, so different. Um, so I like to travel, and several years back, I had the pleasure to go to China. Um, now, if you have never been, China is very different <laughs> than the United States. <laughs> and... Uh, when when we first got there, when I first got there, I was immediately bombarded by, <laughs> I'm sorry, but utter gibberish everywhere. Like, I was hearing sounds I'd never heard before, smells I wasn't used to, just like these weird combinations of things. It's like, what am I smelling right now? What am I looking at? I'm looking at signs, and I can't identify a single thing on him. Like, that's a straight line. That's about all I can tell you. That one, a little curly. <laughs> I was looking around in my brain. Going back to the ideas, like, it was like that George Washington in today. I was just, like, kind of stunned where it's just like, my brain doesn't know what to do with all this new, different information. Uh, and to me, it was just like, it. my brain was just kind of tired. <laughs> I remember all of us on that trip, especially after we were there for a few days, like we all got really tired because our brains are just in overdrive trying to process all of this new information. And um, it's not to say that it's like, because people grew up there, they know it. it's normal, it's comfortable. For us, it's so different that when I was there, I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> people act differently here. It's like, yeah, so much stuff was different. It was, like, mind-blowing. Um, it was really cool. It was super cool. Um, so that is how our journey begins with God. He is so foreign, so different from what we are that we have no business even thinking we can fully know him <laughs> when we go into that. And as as I spent time in China, um, being inst instructed by those around me and um, more comfortable in my surroundings— I began to understand more. My brain be able to process it better and feel like a level of comfort there. But people telling me like, oh, that's what this means. This is this idea. Like, this is what this is. Um, 
and just being around it was like oh this is this is making sense it's like starting to like starting to make sense i feel comfortable i feel more at place here like my brain isn't so tired just like going into overdrive trying to figure out what's going on and how to communicate to people because i don't speak chinese um but weirdly enough weirdly enough after being there for several weeks um i actually started to recognize what people were kind of saying to me it's going to sound crazy to some people, probably. But, like, just being there, I couldn't speak. I couldn't respond to anybody. I knew, like, three words, and I couldn't even say those right most of the time. Because <laughs> for those of you who don't know, like, China, um, so when I, where I was there was mostly Mandarin that was spoken, um, the places that I was. And um, it was, like, um, so it's a very tonal language. And so I would say something. I think I'm doing it right, and they're like, what are you? about like i'm just trying <laughs> but uh yeah weirdly enough i was like my brain could process the information to a degree where if someone spoke to me in chinese i could be like oh i kind of know what you're telling me i kind of know what you're expecting me to do from here and then i could respond um with the two words that i could barely speak and like hand signals <laughs> And they would respond back to me, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, we're having a conversation, weirdly enough. <laughs> and so bringing it back to uh, our relationship with God, the more time that we spend with him, the more we can kind of understand and go much deeper into knowing him. And so that's that's a big side of this, and I think I want that to be a huge um, takeaway from any of these episodes right now, where... Ultimately, it's like we can talk about it. We can pontificate, if you will. But at the end of the day, to really know more of the peace, the little tiny piece and sliver of God and what we can know is by spending more time with him. Just like me when I was in China, spending time there helped me to be more comfortable and understand what the little piece that I knew and could see and experience it, the more time we spend with God, the more we can understand the little ex- little piece that we have um, to work with and go much deeper and know more. Um, so, what the attributes of God are, are patterns that we have noticed and found words that, as best as we can, try to describe those attributes. So, since God is unchanging, these attributes are also unchanging. I think that speaks for itself. <laughs> the, the the different God's holiness, God's goodness, his um his his omnipotence, his omniscience. Those things, those things about him will never change because he never changes. He is always good. He is always righteous. He is always just. And that's a good uh that's a good measurement to live by. <laughs> it's always good to measure it up against the thing that doesn't change. Um, so now let's not forget that we change and the meanings of words change. So that doesn't affect when those things happen, when we change as people, hopefully for the better, when words change meaning, which they do often, that doesn't affect who God was, is, or will be. Although it does alter how we interpret those attributes with those same words. Um, yeah, I think that's very, that's very important to, to bullet point on, to recognize that 
if we're reading something, and so yeah, so with that, it's important to do our due diligence because if we're reading something that was written at a time, it's important to know what those words meant at that time. We need to know the context um, in which the depictions of God are translated. So when I'm reading scripture, I need to. I it's kind of a it can be tricky sometimes too because what we need to look at is. What did those words mean when they were translated? <laughs> and what did they mean in the context? More importantly, what did they mean? The guy who wrote them down, what did he mean? What was he saying? Um, and that's why a lot of people like, go back to the Hebrew, go back to Greek. Um, know the culture. Know the context. What is happening? I, I, I say, and this is um, my, one of my old pastors said this, the main things are the plain things, and I will never take that away. Because people misconstrue sometimes when I say this, and I don't want that to happen. Um, anyone can read the Bible and get the gospel. Anyone can read that, and the Holy Spirit can work through them, and the story is clear. It's the main thing is the plain thing. But when we want to go deeper into things, we need to know the context. Those things aren't so plain because... We're reading something that was written at a time in a culture in a people that we don't know. I mean, it's funny. Even looking at um, recently, I've been I've been reading through the um, autobiography of Benjamin Franklin. And what's funny is because just the way he wrote is in such a different English, in the way like the words are written, the way the sentences are structured, the ideas are presented. That it's like it's a little bit extra work in my brain to be like, okay, this is translating now to how I understand stuff today. Um, but some of what he's saying, I've got to look some of these words up sometimes because I'm like, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> I've never used that word in my life. Never heard of that word before. So with that, it's important to know the context of how God is being described, who he is. Those things don't affect God. And even with the context, if it's heresy, it's heresy. If it goes against the truth of God, if it goes against who God is, it doesn't matter when it was written or how well you know the context. If it says something that is counter to what we know to be true of God, of God, then it's wrong. <laughs> and um, the words changing, meanings changing will never change that. Um, because God doesn't change. He doesn't change with our changing politics or changing opinions. Those things are arbitrary, all things said and done. <laughs> so uh, a thought that may come up for some of you is, well, aren't we made in the image of God? Uh, great thought. Thank you, for thank you for having that. Yes. And the answer is swiftly. Yes, we are created in his image. <laughs> that phrase is one of the most fundamental um and one of the most fundamental and brings the most importance to us as humans. In the largest part, I would say it makes us who we are. It it adds a level to human life that sets it apart that makes it who we are as people. So, although being made in his image does not mean that we are him, or he is like us. So to say that would be utter heresy and against the idea of God himself. When we say that um, 
us being made in his image is that like oh yes we're like a direct reflection of god <laughs> it's like we are him there's no like there's no we are like god it's like no we are him it's like no 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 that's not right <laughs> you are not god <laughs> and to say that god is like us is to say that god is like us which i mean i don't know if you're like me i don't want god to be like me please god don't be like me <laughs> i want to be like you cuz i'm a little messed up Hopefully we can all agree on that. <laughs> so, yeah, we are not God. We are the created. We are created from him. So, what does it mean to be created in his image? Another great question. You guys are killing it today. <laughs> CZ, uh, that's the one funny thing with uh, no feedback here, no second person. I can ask all the questions I want in your voice. And they sound good to me. <laughs> They're asking all the questions I want to answer. So good on you for that. So um, people aren't to make images of God because God has already made images of himself. That was a quote from the Bible Project. What I love about that with that quote, and this is the reason I brought it in, is because when we look at like the Ten Commandments, and it's the idea of have no idols, um, no graven images and stuff like that. It's like, well, one of the thoughts with that, and this is why they brought that up, was that we're not we we aren't to make images of God because God has made us. We had He has made the imagers of Him, and so when we take into that a little bit, I'm sure we can make this a whole episode because there's a whole lot. This is a big topic that we could spend some time with. But simply put, what that means is, and this is what we are tasked with, is to subdue the earth and rule it. So let me start with this. The image of God has nothing to do with intelligence or ability or even us possessing a soul. The reason for this um, is because that would mean that if a human were to lack any of these qualities or share any of these qualities with anything or any, not anyone, but anything else, <laughs> like another animal, a tree, whatever it is, they would no longer be unique to humans and cannot be what is meant by the image of God. Since that is something that is given to humans to set them apart, it cannot, what that thing is to set it apart, cannot be um, connected to something else. Um, we look at intelligence. There's a lot of intelligent things besides humans. So that can't be an, what the image of God is. And let's even say this. There are dumb people in the world, too. <laughs> and are you to say that because they're not smart that they are not the image of God, that's foolishness. Um, same thing with ability. If it's like, oh, if you can do this, someone can't do that. Or another th another animal can do that. Well, we're sharing with a lot of things, and it's not even all humans possess it. It's going to be something that every human possesses apart from everything else in creation. So, in the image of God is... As it is simply put, <laughs> a calling that God has given us and a status that he has placed upon us. We are his earthly representatives. We are to subdue the earth and to rule it. That is something that God gave us as his imagers. We are his representatives. We are to be like him. We have the ability to mimic who God is a likeness of God. Not that God is like us, now that we are him. We are we have the ability, we have the responsibility in in a lot of ways 
to act like God. So in the Garden of Eden, uh, there was a decision that was made. <laughs> if you're familiar with the story, you know what that decision is. If you're not, you probably do too. Um, when we look at eating the fruit. Um, so there was a decision that was to be made. Subdue the earth and rule it in how God had tasked us to do it. Or do it in the way that we thought that was best. Now, I don't know how well you guys are familiar with this story, but it's clear what decision we made. <laughs> we didn't make the one that God gave us to do. Because <laughs> he told us, this is what you're supposed to do, but here's a rule. I'm going to set a boundary. And we're like, cool. But what if we did it uh, not the way you said and kind of push past that boundary? <laughs> so that was a decision that we made. Let me see where it brought us. We're here today in this state of the universe because of that decision. So God has given us so many resources now, <laughs> especially now, to, be, to better be imagers of himself, which I think is so cool and uh, a little scary because there's a little bit more pressure now. It's like, all right, seeing we have more, <laughs> that means I have to be better. But we do have so many resources and so, to me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very uh, inflammatory here in realizing that I'm 42 minutes in right now. <laughs> We're close. We're close to the end of this one. Don't worry. I've been babbling for a while here. Uh, it is utter foolishness to then throw those tools that God gave us away. That is us in rebellion to how God has asked us to do the job he gave us to do. If my boss gave me a job to do, told me how to do it, and I did it a different way, I would be in defiance to what was given to me. There are, that one hurts. Man, I wrote that, and that one hits me. <laughs> there are consequences that I might not even fully comprehend by going my own way. We don't know the full picture. We don't have a full idea. God does. God is so much better so much bigger, greater, and we say, yeah, but your idea is dumb. We're going to do it our way. We don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> and if you've done made a few of those decisions like I have, they never really worked out for me. I'll be honest. Spoiler alert. Every time I made a decision that was in defiance to what God had given me to do, it never ended well. And then vice versa, if I did what he told me to, it usually ended up pretty great. <laughs> it's like it's almost like he's better and knows better than I do. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'm going to put a quick story in here, too, because I think this is cool. I, I'll say this next point first. Um, God has given us the word. He has given us the Holy Spirit, the law, the prophets, prayer, Jesus, etc., etc., and yet we still think we can, do a, we can do it better. How much clearer do the instructions have to be <laughs> before we do it? And I'm speaking to myself here because I'm terrible at it. <laughs> I'm not good at following the directions. If you guys have ever built Legos before, I don't follow directions. I look at the picture. I'm like, cool, I'm going to build that or I'm going to build a castle, because that's really what I wanted to build. <laughs> but anyway, he's made the instructions so clear for us to follow. 
and yet he's given us all the tools to better follow it, and yet we still got to do it what we got to do, and it usually ends up the same way. It's the definition of insanity. <laughs> and yet here we are as a whole people, just straight defiance. Um, but I want to be better. I hope you do too. I want to... I want to turn that around and not just continually make the decisions. Let's 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 do this together. <laughs> I I want to be a hearer and a doer. I want to follow the instructions that God has. And that's that's one of the reasons why I picked doing this too. This this whole study of God is like let's start there. Let's understand who he is so we can better follow him. So we are well within our right to ask why it is done a certain way. If God tells you to do something, you're okay to say why. Sometimes his answer might be because. <laughs> but typically, I've found the answer is then clear. He gives that to us. That's why we're here. That's why we're doing this. That's why I'm doing this podcast. That's why you're listening to this podcast, to know the why behind it. That's a good thing. We're allowed to ask the why, which I love because I want to know what I can know. <laughs> Sometimes, again, his answer comes down to because we don't know everything. We can't know everything. Sometimes it may be beyond us, and God's saving us from that. And when he says, because I'm God, well, cool, still do it. <laughs> Even if you don't understand the reason behind it, if you know that this is God telling you this, if you're following, if you're a doer of the word, you're following the instructions, the 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 task that he has given you, then do it. Ask the why. You will know. He he's he usually tells us <laughs> at some point we're gonna figure it out. Um, I'll say this: this this is this is one for me, which is which is I think is really cool. It's such a little tiny piece, and um, then I'm gonna wrap up for this episode. But this was like such a cool experience for me. I remember I was I was praying. And uh, I pray some dangerous prayers sometimes. I don't know about you guys if you pray dangerously. <laughs> but I was like, hey, God, I want you to scare me. <laughs> I still laugh when I ever hear this. Like, what was I thinking? <laughs> it's like, God, I need you to, like, scare me with something. Like, I don't know. I feel a little complacent. I kind of want to be, like, scared by how cool you are. <laughs> and I'm thinking about it now. It's like, what an idiot. Why would I ask something like that? <laughs> but he did it. God did it to me. Um, and this one, it was so cool because I, so I was playing bass at, at my church this one, this one Wednesday evening and I never, almost never play with a pick. So I don't bring one. I was, I just use my fingers. I don't play with one. And it was funny cause I have hundreds of picks and the one I picked was this one. I only have one of it. I think it's called like a, it's like a jasmine jazz master three or two or something like that i don't even remember what the pick is called i still have it um but it's a very specific one i only have one of these picks and i never use it i never play with it and i was like you know what i just felt like i heard a voice or like i felt this prompting didn't make any sense which is like you need to bring that pick and i was like okay cool like takes up no pocket space <laughs> But it was one of those small things that I could have just ignored and kept going. My, and felt fine. <laughs> like, but it was like I'm not gonna use this pick. But I feel like I need to bring it, so I'm gonna bring it. I just felt something telling me that. And then we go through practice, and afterwards we're sitting in the back, and one of the guitarists is there, and he's like, "I can't find my pick anywhere." 
I can't find it. Like, is anyone seen it? It's it's a it's like and someone's like, well, I have this pick. He's like, no, I can't use those picks. I need to use like a very specific one. It's like a I'm gonna make this name up because I'm just gonna say it. it's like a Jazz Master Two. Like that's the pick I need. And I'm like, hold on a second this pick <laughs> and he's like yeah that's the pick i was like yeah i don't know why i just felt like i should bring it today and now i know why <laughs> it's so weird but it terrified me i was like oh dang god's listening <laughs> he's tuned in ah <laughs> but it was so cool and that's an idea like right there that's a that's a an anecdotal one in, in that way but it's it's the idea anecdotal is not the right word but it, it when we look at it in this way i was just like I didn't know the why behind needing to bring this pick. Such an insignificant piece of my playing that evening. Because <laughs> I didn't even use it. I didn't get to play with it. But I soon found out the why behind. And I was so happy that I listened to the Spirit, Holy Spirit talking to me. Because that's who it was. And it scared me. Because I was like, oh, dang. <laughs> But anyway, I've gone on for a while on this, and there is still so much more to go over as well um, before we can even dive into the full attributes of God. We've got a lot to discuss here, and it's like I've been going on for 50 minutes. I feel like I just started, but believe it or not, this is still just the preface, like I said, to the attributes of God. we got to lay the groundwork before the groundwork. <laughs> think about it like this i love analogies and if you haven't guessed i love examples of analogies that's what i'm that's what i like to do they're fun but think about it i think i'd I like to think about it like this um we're kind of marking and digging out the area in which we'll pour the foundation for the building we're going to eventually build right now like again we're just we're just marking the territory like, hey, we're going to build the building. It's going to be this size by this size. We're going to start digging, maybe getting it prepped a little bit. And then we can lay the foundation, which I would say are like the attributes, the those ideas of who God is. And then we can start putting some building material on it. <laughs> but I appreciate you all going through this with me. I have been so blessed to start this year working with these questions and ideas and there's still so much more to unpack. I hope that you've been blessed with this as well. Um, and you, this is a blessing for you as well as it is for me. And we continue to uh, wrestle with these more and more. I've got some people I'm talking to a little bit about some um, to hop in for some of these episodes. I think the way I'm going to do it right now is I'm going to continue this way, tackling some of these. And then as it makes sense, I'm going to bring some people in to talk about um, some topics, some ideas, but we're gonna we're gonna come back to some of these ideas and kind of flesh them out in a in a slightly different way than the format that I am working with right now. Spoiler alert, though, spoiler alert. <laughs> That's basically how all of these episodes are gonna end. There is no conclusion <laughs> because there is no finality to God. He is and always will be. Amen and amen. He is Yahweh. He is the I am, which is good. I got the chills after saying that, which is good for me because I'm never going to run out of content, <laughs> which is why I've been talking about this for thousands of years. There's too much to say and so little time to do it. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you. 
hopefully sooner rather than later.